1: Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast, I am your host Jordan, I am mum to two beautiful little boys Jai and Ali, I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwi's First Aid course for parents of under five year olds And I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project, which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related, so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth, so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care, I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all you'll hear stories of joy of heartbreak of love of loss and each family has a different experience to share i'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Jess and Jess takes us through her pregnancy and birth experience with her daughter Charlotte. And I really love talking to Jess. We cover a huge range of topics. She had a pretty positive pregnancy experience and they discovered a lump of breast tissue, which she talks through at the very end, uh, really late stage in her pregnancy. She then went on to have a pretty positive birth experience at a birth center in Hamilton, which was a beautiful story to hear. But unfortunately, she had quite a significant blood loss or postpartum hemorrhage. And ended up needing to be transferred to hospital so she talks us through what that was like into their postpartum journey and what that experience has been like and juggling the parental load, all of the good stuff. So we talk about that and also talk about returning back to work and her choice to do that and sort of why she wanted to go back to work earlier than she had planned to. So I think this is a really great episode. I appreciate Jess's honesty and how she sort of has juggled things postpartum. So I hope you enjoy it. I'd love to hear from you if you want to send me an email at kiwibirhtales at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at kiwibirhtales. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's jump into it. Hey Jess, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family?
2: Yep, so I'm Jess. I'm 25 right now. Um, My partner or fiancé's name is Chris, who's also 25. Um, And we have our nine-month-old daughter Charlotte and our puppy Tex. (laughs) Um, We live in Morrinsville, so like um, in the Waikato and yeah I work at a bank and Chris is a builder and he's just started his own company and yeah, yeah. Just chugging
1: along yeah awesome very cool and do you want to talk us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you and Chris
2: yeah so I came off contraception so I was on the pill um I believe it was like May 2020 May 2021 Yeah, no 2020 um and We weren't trying to get pregnant, but if it happened, it happened and we would be happy. Um, So, yeah, just going about our normal lives. Um, And I think it was September 2020, so we went down to the South Island for our birthdays. Um, And, yeah, that's where we conceived Charlotte. However, because we weren't trying, I didn't know for the first six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, from May, when I came off to conceiving in September, I had, I think, one period between that. Um, So for us, it was quite easy, which I Mm. hate saying, because there's so many people out there that do struggle. But yeah, we were just, we were quite lucky with what we got.
1: Yeah, awesome. And did you have like symptoms in those first six weeks? Or you just had no idea?
2: Yes, the first six weeks I had no idea, but the Monday of like day one, week six kind of thing, I woke up and I felt a bit um, nauseous and I was like, I'll just take a test like I normally do. Like I always took tests while on the pill because I could never trust it kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, just took a test and Chris was doing the dishes and I was like, oh, oh, shoot, Chris, come here. And he's like, what? I was like, come here. He's like, what? I was like no come here and I just showed it to him we sort of looked at each other like huh okay um Mm -hmm. and yeah we just sort of um went to work that day and sort of was probably trying to work through ourselves you know because we weren't expecting or planning it it was a bit of a shock and didn't want to put any pressure on each other so early as well um and then you went to the doctor And I think I did two more tests that week just to make sure I was (laughs) pregnant because I still didn't believe them at
1: all. Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel from there? Like what other symptoms sort of popped up after that positive test?
2: Um, So I was nauseous for the next seven weeks, Um, a lot of vomiting. So Mm -hmm. um, I had to eat before I got out of bed. Basically I sat up, Chris would get me either toast or an up-and-go to really fill um, my stomach and then I could get up and start my day. But also a lot of um, fatigue. Mm. Um, I'm not someone who naps. Even after Charlotte, I've never been able to nap with her. But I went to work at 8, came home on my lunch break, slept for the whole lunch break, <laughs> went back to work, then came home from work and slept. Pretty much I didn't cook for the next seven weeks because meat just was so off-putting mm. Um but yeah, it was very different because I'm quite a go, go, go kind of person (laughs) to having to really listen to my body. And, you know, if I get up too early, I'm going to vomit. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And did that sort of subside once you hit the second trimester or what happened there?
2: Yeah, I think it slowly eased off. So once I hit 12 weeks i was like yes it's going to get better mm-hmm. um but i think it took about two weeks to really slowly drop off the tiredness definitely did still nauseous every now and then but yeah it was a much better entry into level mm-hmm. um trimester two so yeah.
1: yeah yeah awesome cool and did you go with a midwife for your care yep
2: yeah, so um use the find your midwife i think yeah. it is um and in- website um and yeah I chose uh LMC in Hamilton just because I worked in Hamilton yeah um and she worked closely with another lady so I had basically had two depending on who would be in the office or at the birth Mm -hmm. and yeah I really enjoyed I looked for someone who was older because I felt like I needed to be told what to do (laughs) when I was giving birth Mm -hmm. so but I was very happy with my choice yeah yeah yeah
1: Awesome, cool. And what was the rest of your pregnancy like? Did you do the sort of standard testing that we offer in New Zealand and did you find out the sex of your baby?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I'm quite lucky. My mother-in-law no. is a sonographer, so oh, cool. she did all of our scans mm-hmm. and a couple of extra ones because okay. she wanted to see the baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so at 20 weeks we were, we were like, no, we're not going to find out the gender. It's already a surprise. i will make it a bigger surprise um so I went through our 20-week scan she was quite excited doing it so mm. in hindsight it's probably not the best idea <laughs> to have your mother-in-law doing it yeah. um but um she scanned down the baby and I saw two femurs and nothing in between and I was like oh bugger I looked at the wrong time and she was like you go sure you don't want to know and I said oh I've already seen it I know it's a girl and she was like, Chris, do you want to know? And he's like, oh, okay then. And she's like, yep, Jess is right, it's a girl. So unfortunately we did find out, which I <laughs> really hoped we weren't going to. But um, other than that, year just trimester two was a breeze. Loved yeah. it. Obviously you could tell that I was pregnant, so it was cool. And then, yeah, the third trimester was quite interesting for me. Um, probably got really or quite uncomfortable. Mm. um especially sleeping wearing clothes just walking around yeah I yeah. Yeah, do quite a bit of stuff and not being able to do anything is very difficult especially mm. for like nine months um but I think I only started swelling up in the end a couple of weeks so yeah. I was quite lucky really but I did enjoy it
1: yeah yeah Awesome. And did you do any like antenatal classes or any birth education in your pregnancy?
2: Yep. So we went to our local uh, antenatal class in Lawrenceville. So I think it was over six or eight weeks, um, which was cool. We got a really cool group of um, parents from there. And a lot of us mums still go to space with the babies as well.
1: Oh, nice. That's
2: quite cool. Um, And then I also did the Your Birth Project hypnobirthing course, which... I really loved especially I don't know how but partway through pushing I just remembered the (laughs) breathing for four out for seven or is it's the seven and four technique and I did it and oh amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome cool and so did you have much of a birth plan or like thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go? So I was quite
2: honest with myself from the start. So, like, if I needed an epidural, if I needed a C-section, I was to have it. Um, whilst I'd love, I would like love to have a natural birth. I knew that if I needed the interference, I'd be happy to have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea was to um, be in the pool.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, no pain relief if I could. And um, delayed cord clamping was quite important to us mm-hmm. as well yeah Um, but yeah that was about um about it
1: yeah awesome cool and were you doing anything in preparation for birth like antenatal expressing or raspberry leaf tea or eating the dates any of those types of of things
2: (laughs) yeah no so I finished work I think I took three weeks of annual leave before my due date and I was like yes let's get this baby out early so mm-hmm. I went to field days at 36 37 weeks pregnant walked around there for half the day and I was like this will surely bring it on yeah. um, <laughs> we actually had a midwife appointment afterwards and she was like nope you're good I was like oh well, okay <laughs> um, tried retried the raspberry leaf tea and um, the dates and um, did a lot of antenatal expressing which I was stoked with yeah um, I think I got five mils I think over two nights or something at one point so it was really I was really happy with that um and a lot of stairs and curb walking definitely and none of that helped at all
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you want to talk us through then your labor starting was it spontaneous how far along were you all of that and then into your birth story
2: yeah so um I was due on the 2nd of July and second of july came around and there was nothing and i tried everything so i was like okay this baby's just gonna do what she wants i'll just stop stop trying to force her so the third of july my partner plays rugby so went to his rugby game and then they had a court session afterwards and so i was (laughs) waiting for them to finish picked him up um Brought him home, basically got him into bed yeah, and my first contraction occurred. After, a,
1: after <laughs> a court session, right? Yeah. Because
2: yeah, yeah. I, like, I, my thought was, hey, if you don't go, I'm not going to go into labor. But if you go, yeah. I'm yeah. going to go into labor. Yeah, so yeah. just go and nice. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> got him into bed and my first contraction happened. Um, so very spontaneous, very different. I wasn't too sure what it was which I think a lot of new mums experience, mm. like, oh, is this a contraction? Um, So I think at this point I was two days, well, one day overdue for the 3rd of July, Um, but that was at 10 o'clock at night. So definitely went into the next day. So I remember calling my mum, asking her if I was in labour, um, which doesn't help because she lives an hour away. She's like, Jess, I can't see you. Um, but she listened to me go through contractions. She said, "Yeah, you're in labour. And... I think I was very hesitant to phone my midwife, especially being midnight. Um, So I just left that until about 3 in the morning, I think it was. Um, Sent her a message saying that I was in labour. She came back to me and asked how I was feeling and everything like that. Um, I think at about 5.30 we decided to go into the birth unit. units. It's about a half an hour drive from Morrinsville. Um, which was a horrible drive. It's mm. horrible having contractions in a car.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and, yeah, so we arrived and I got um, examined and I was only three centimetres dilated. So it was quite, um, not upsetting, but I was quite disappointed that I wasn't further along because <laughs> it was already so hard. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, being three centimetres, we couldn't stay. Um, so we got sent... Away, um, but we didn't come back home. We went to my in-laws' house because they live a bit closer to Hamilton, and they had heaps of room at their house. So yeah, went for a shower at their house. I think I was in there for forty-five minutes using the hot water, which was amazing on my back. Yeah. um I think it got to about eight thirty, and I said to Chris, "Like I have to go back and like it's getting really, really difficult, and I need some help." Um, At this point, we found out that my midwife was unable to be there. She had a family emergency, so we would have a random midwife stepping in for us that we'd never Mm -hmm. met before, um, which was another spanner in the works. But we also had the student midwife who had been with us for our last few appointments, so there was a little bit of um, familiar faces in the room. So, yeah, we went back in to River Ridge. Um, I was examined again and I think it was about six centimeters so they're like perfect we can you know get you ready um so I was on the bed for the most part and I used the gas I can't remember what it's actually called but um I used that for a couple of contractions but it made me feel really really sick so um ditched that pretty soon and they started to fill up the bath for me unfortunately it was like a freezing cold night and I Think something was wrong with the hot water cylinders or something, oh, no. so they couldn't fill the bath up for me. And um, so they spent about four hours filling up the bath with jugs um, and trying to keep it at that right temperature. I think it was thirty-eight degrees,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which took. I think they started filling it up at nine thirty, and I didn't get in until one o'clock. So yeah, about three and a half hours it took them to get the pool ready for me. Through that time, I was just over the bed. Breathing through contractions, using the in for four, out for seven technique. Um, I felt like I had a really good headspace at this point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite the um, I think is it, is it the transitional stage when it gets yeah. really more intense. Yeah,
1: yeah. At
2: one point, must have been about two o'clock. I started feeling um, a bit more pressure, and my plug came away in the bath. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, it's a good sign. And then I think another hour later, my waters broke in the bath as well apart from that there wasn't a lot of pain relief after that I remember having flannels on my head to try and keep me cool yeah they tried to put a flannel on my perennial I believe it is Mm -hmm. to help it but I didn't like that I snapped really hard and I felt so sorry for the poor student midwife (laughs) um Um, so yeah started pushing about four o'clock and I was really struggling in the bath it was quite a big bath and I couldn't push off the sides because I couldn't reach the other side so we decided to get out of the bath and transition to the bed so getting out of the bath and walking 10 not even 10 meters to the bed was probably the most difficult time in my labor I think I contracted every couple of steps um, but got up on the bed and probably about another hour of pushing and she was out at five thirty on the dot but there was points when I was pushing and she was crowning or close to crowning. And they said, yes, just push, 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 hold it and push. And I just didn't hold the push. I would let go and then push again. And then I remembered again in um, your birthing project that you said that at some point you're going to have to bear down and then take short, sharp breaths in Mm. and push again. And I don't know how that came to me, but I did it. And yeah, she came out and I was Mm -hmm. so stoked. Um, Yeah, it was everything i got to wish for and more, I think like it was yeah. definitely life changing and could easily do it again. I said that I think two days after she was born, I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool. And so did they pop her straight up on your chest? Yep. Yeah, so student
2: midwife caught her and well, they went to put her up on my chest, but she had a, um, a short umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. So she only reached like just under my breasts. So that was a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> And then what happens after that? Yeah, so she sat on me and that's when, I think it was like 15 minutes later, I delivered the placenta as well. Yeah. Um, But the placenta was really old and broken up, so it's almost like it stopped working for the past week. That's interesting, yeah. Um, Yeah, they didn't like the look of it. Um, I remember them saying that's not a um, 40-week placenta, that's a 42-week placenta, Mm -hmm. um, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, after... delayed cord clamping um dad cut the cord and yeah that's when it all probably went um crazy in the room because mm. i just wouldn't stop bleeding
1: yeah
2: um so they just continuously pumping my uterus to try and get it to contract and blood clot blood clot blood clot after another and i believe it must have been only 10 minutes later that they flicked the light on the emergency bell was wrong and everyone was just in the room and I was like oh okay this isn't good Mm. um and they called an ambulance and basically I'd lost I think one and a half liters at the birth center which is too much and Mm -hmm. they thought I'd had a severe third degree or even fourth degree tear Mm -hmm. so um yeah so Charlotte was taken off me unfortunately we didn't get to try breastfeeding yeah uh, which was a bit upsetting but that's okay because obviously I wasn't un- I wasn't very well either. Yeah. Um, Chris had to dress her and get the capsule out of the car, and he didn't actually know what the capsule was. so I hadn't <laughs> showed it to him yet or how it worked. So while they were trying to get me on the hospital, uh, the ambulance stretcher. Sorry, um, yeah, Chris was out in the car trying to rip out this capsule. To was Chris hung over
1: from his court session, or what was the go there?
2: <laughs> Definitely. Definitely oh hungover. But they fed him they fed him lunch at the birth centre. Um him and the midwife had a little so giggle funny. about how they both hated tomato and their sandwiches and I was like, guys, I haven't eaten. <laughs> Don't talk about food. Oh um so yeah, hungover, severely tired and a so newborn funny. baby. Yeah. So bit of a roller coaster for him. Mm. Um <laughs> But, yeah, he got it out. I was rushed out into the ambulance under um, lights and sirens. The midwife came with me. The student midwife followed in her car, and then Chris followed with baby Charlotte in the back after them. Um, so that was quite an experience. I think I had two injections. I don't really remember a lot, um, but to try and slow the bleeding, that mm-hmm. didn't really work and yeah i think it was also quite traumatic for chris as well mm. having to like you know you don't expect to be rushed to hospital as soon as you give yeah. birth but that yeah. was all yeah within an hour of giving birth i was in hospital
1: yeah it's quite a um whirlwind ride and i can imagine like from his perspective thinking like shit <laughs> i'm following my partner with our baby in a car to a hospital like after she's given birth is quite a scary thing to do right
2: yeah yeah he um so he was driving and he didn't actually know where we were going he obviously knew we were going to the hospital yeah. but he was like okay what part are you you know are you going to ed or yeah, delivery yeah. Suite? um but he was driving and charlotte was cooing and then she stopped and he panicked and he was like oh, oh my god no i've i've done something wrong so he oh, got no. out like pulled over got out checked on her and she was looking at him and he's like oh okay she's okay (laughs) so he gets back in the car Mm. gets all the way to the hospital luckily I don't know why but he just walked in the first set of doors he saw and they were like is that Jess's baby and he's like yep and she's like like, yep just go through there so quite lucky oh good with that but yeah I think there's a lot of yeah, I, I don't know if it's trauma is the right word, but it's very. It was not what he expected, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Adding in, adding in the hangover probably wasn't. The best. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so what happened for you from there? Like once you got to the hospital, what was the treatment that you needed? Um, so
2: I had a doctor come in and examine me, um, and I hadn't had a third degree tier, I had a minor second degree tier, which was really <laughs> good. Um, so. Yeah, he came and checked me, and then my the midwife, Mel, she stitched me up. Um, Chris chucked in that sneaky comment about putting an extra one, which mm. he, got a, um, he got a slap <laughs> for, so that was yeah, great. Sure. Um, <laughs> but um, um, after that, I think a couple of hours later, another doctor came in just to make sure that my bleeding had really, really stopped and slowed yeah. down, which it had. So I think total I lost two litres. Um which is a lot, mm. I, th- I think, for like for someone my size. Yeah, it's a lot, um, for sure. Yeah, and after that, so I think it was about 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, Charlotte and I um, got to go up to our ward. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because I was rushed in, I didn't have my own room, so Chris couldn't stay. So I was in a shared room with two other mums and their babies, um, unfortunately by myself as well, which... Mm-hmm. That was okay, though, because the midwives and the orderlies on the ward are just amazing. You ring the bell, and they're there at your beck and call, really, which was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that night, we tried to breastfeed for two days, um, and it wasn't working. My nipples were getting absolutely wrecked, and I ended up crying. Item, um, a lactation consultant on each breast. One's milking me, mm. and the other one's trying to shove to latch Charlotte onto my other breast, and it wasn't working. Mm. Um, they examined her mouth and realized that she had quite a severe lip and tongue tie, mm-hmm. um, so severe that they didn't want to cut it there. That they recommended that we go to a local dentist in Hamilton and get it water lasered, mm-hmm. uh, which we did. So the first Four days of Charlotte's life was me milking my breasts for milk,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and we did need some formula top ups as well in the end because I just couldn't produce enough. My milk came in a bit late, so yeah, but that was okay. I was really open to using formula if I needed to because at the end of the day, we fed babies best. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, going back to hospital, um, I needed a blood transfusion and an iron transfusion before they would let me leave yeah um and it worked it got my red blood cell count I think it was up high enough over the threshold so that was great but I had two nights in hospital
1: yeah and how were you feeling like obviously that's a huge thing to go through um post-birth but equally you've just given birth and that's a lot too so how were you (laughs) feeling like physically and mentally in those first couple of days while you're still in hospital
2: I was none the wiser. So I was like, Mm. okay, this just happens. This is okay. This is all all okay. And it wasn't until months later that I reflected. The the more people I told about it, they were like, that's horrible. And I was Mm. like, is it? And then I think about it and I'm like, well, yeah, like it actually is really hard and horrible. Mm. Um, So immediately after I was pretty gutted about the breastfeeding because I thought I've got boobs. I know I've got milk. Breastfeeding will be so easy, but Mm. getting that latch, probably that probably wrecked me more than the blood loss, the birth and the tear, like yeah, breastfeeding. Yeah. yeah. That was probably the hardest mental mm-hmm. um, thing that I had to get over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said earlier, like giving birth a hundred percent would do it again. Yeah, It was, it was a weird experience, but I l- enjoyed it. Yeah. Blood loss, obviously that's nothing I can help. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Having a yeah. baby is great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so what sort of happened from there? Like once you went home, how did you find the adjustment to being a mum? And um, what, yeah, what were those first couple of weeks like once you went home? Yes, yeah,
2: so they were good. So we obviously got Charlotte's lip and tongue tie lasered, which mm-hmm. really, really helped. Um, I think one thing I would change for next time and myself would be to ask oh. for help earlier Mm. so we got it lasered and they were like oh did you want to try like we've got a lactation consultant here we can try help you guys latch and I was like no that's right we'll do it at home like it should be easy again it wasn't easy but then I was too maybe I was too proud to ask for help Mm. um being like I don't actually need I need someone who might actually need that help they can get that um so yeah a bit of that but Coming home was really, really nice. Like, it's really nice to be at a birth centre where you're, you know, fed all day, every day, Mm. cared for, you know, there's someone there, but it was nothing better for us than being in our own home again. Mm. Um, Really lucky Chris had a week and a half off work, so he was able to be there. And he was very hands-on from the beginning because he had to be. So, you know, he dressed her first, drove her first, changed Mm. her first nappy all of that because I wasn't able to. So he yeah. thrived in that first week. Um, baby sleep, she was a really good sleeper. Um, yeah. I had to wake her to feed her all the time. <laughs> and I remember in hospital, they were like, have you fed your baby? And I was like, no, she hasn't woken up. And they're like, oh, my goodness, wake her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what am I doing? Yeah. Oh, my God, I've already <laughs> failed the first test. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, she was – she was a very good sleeper in the beginning. Like, you know, she was the four hours wake for a feed and then go back down. Um, we introduced bottles quite early as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and yeah, had lots of people look after us. I'd like workmates drop off dinners and treats. Um, obviously Chris's family lives down the road, so they were over and Mm -hmm. his mum worked in Moran'sville as well. So she'd stop in after work. Oh, awesome. Um, My parents came down because they live in Auckland so they came down about once a week and I just let them do their thing really you know get all their cuddles weeks worth of cuddles and everything but yeah I think we adjusted really well I don't think we set ourselves any expectations with having a newborn I remember being told by everybody that it's really hard and I thought it was a bit sad that no one had any positives about the newborn Mm. experience so like when people ask us I'm like actually it wasn't too bad like I've had worse times like with a hangover so (laughs) I don't know (laughs) yeah it's very yeah I think we were quite lucky with the people that we were surrounded with really Mm. looking after us especially um our wider group of friends as well
1: yeah yeah awesome cool and what was your recovery like from birth over the next few weeks like with your couple of stitches and um yeah how did you find that
2: Yes, yeah, so the f- recovery was different to what I thought. Um, I remember being told I was all baby when I was pregnant and I was like, sweet, I'm gonna have a flat stomach as soon as I give birth. oh <laughs> yeah. no, I did not. <laughs> um Which I mean it wasn't a shock to me. It was just, you yeah, know, when yeah. people tell you that you're all baby, you're like, yep, cool. "Yeah, cool. I'm just gonna pop it out and there'll be nothing yeah. left. Um yeah. but with my stitches, a little bit of a issue there. I was scooting up and down the bed in hospital and so I think I not tore them as such but they came apart um so I think it was about week four I or was it yeah week four maybe I, I had a midwife visit just because i shared my concerns with her. I was like, it's really mm-hmm. sore down there. Like, I'm really not sure what's going on. I think I can see a stitch that's come apart. And so she came over and checked me and she's like, yeah, they've come apart. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, the one thing <laughs> I had to look after. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the stitches came apart, but she said, it's fine. It'll heal. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the nipples were probably the worst. Um, after the first few days of having a baby latching correctly, I didn't, I had to use, um, what are they, nipple shields for majority of my breastfeeding journey.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But other than that, I think I was a little bit keen to get back out there. So I guess I pushed myself. Um, Like I played netball almost six weeks postpartum, which is really Mm. naughty, but I I was really, really, really wanted to play one game of netball that season, especially because I missed out on the most of the season. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And how did you find, um, like, in terms of juggling things with Chris? I know that you said he had a little bit of time off work, but once he went back to work, how did you sort of juggle the parental load with him? And what does that even look like for you guys now?
2: I think the main thing is being honest when Mm. I need help. So a lot of the time I would – I mean, I was, your yeah, primary caregiver, so i do most things. And I think a lot of the time I expect him to read my mind, and I still do. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, she's doing something. I'm like, well, why don't you know that
0: uh-huh. she's
2: going to do this? And it's like, well, geez, he doesn't spend all day with her like you do, so yeah. he doesn't know her cues. Um, but, yeah, once he went back to work, it was good. We sort of set ourselves into a routine. Like I said, she was a really good sleeper, so I was still able to have a really good routine. Yeah, Like I could go out and she'd sleep the whole time I was out and then come home and then we'd, yeah, have a feed, play, yeah. and then be back asleep. So I was very lucky in that respect. Um, but especially now with her, she's nine months old now. So, um, yeah, Chris will come home from work. She's been fed. She's... Bath and everything, so I try to let him as long as he wants to, which he does. Um, feed her her last bottle before she goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Have some play time, but a lot of it, I think, yes, yeah, big on communication, mm-hmm. asking for help and asking them to do things because they don't know what to do. Like, yeah. Just like we don't, us mums don't always know what to do, mm-hmm. but neither do the dads. Um, so that's something I've learned is yeah to voice can you please do this for me
1: and he'll
0: be like oh
2: yeah sure and it's okay (laughs) that wasn't that hard (laughs) yeah
0: yeah
1: rather than just sort of sitting there frustrated that it's not happening on its own I can relate to that (laughs) yeah or just like
2: yelling like why don't you pick her up he's like well I don't know she wants to be picked up
1: yeah how do you not know he's he's not (laughs) he's not there all the time yeah yeah so how old is Charlotte now
2: so Charlotte's nine months old, nine and a half months.
1: Yeah, yeah. And are you planning on going back to work or are you already back at work? What does that look like for you guys?
2: Yeah, so I – so my my parents living in Auckland, I didn't see them from when Charlotte was six weeks mm. until – I think it was about four and a half months total I didn't see them. So yeah. I really struggled not having my mum there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I plan to take the full 12 months off work because I'm very lucky in my work – Um looks after us really well but Mm -hmm. I went back early February this year so I'm already back yeah I'm just part-time 26 hours and Charlotte's had daycare three days a week and my mum looks after her the fourth
1: day of the week
2: yeah um which is really cool for my mum as well because she missed out on a lot of time with her in the beginning
1: yeah
2: yeah um but yeah I really struggled not having my mum there Mm -hmm. in the first six months of Charlotte's life really um so I yeah I decided to come back and I wasn't enjoying my time with Charlotte as much so I was talking to Chris about it and I was like well I don't it's not like I resent her but I'm not enjoying hanging out with her I don't want to play with her and I don't Mm. want to do this so I'd rather go back to work part-time and then look forward to picking her up from daycare Mm. enjoy our meal time enjoy our bath time enjoy the play time and yeah, so we decided to send her to daycare. Yeah, for me, and for me to go back to it quite quite earlier than we thought. Yeah. So I th- yeah, it was it was different to how I thought I would be. I thought I would be a very hands-on mum, but then I'm also grateful for daycare because they've provided her with opportunities I never would have.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. And do you think it was more like? you were missing the adult interaction or like the professional sort of fulfillment or what do you think was driving that sort of need for something different in your day? Cause I can relate. I think um, that people sort of just like, oh, being a stay at home mum is like, obviously what everyone would choose, but that's not actually true for a lot of people. So yeah, I think it's important to sort of talk about that.
2: Yeah, definitely. So my job's quite analytical. So I work mm-hmm. with numbers all day. So I'm a very, calculation kind of person yeah and so when your baby's going and going on the ground and you're like well I need something to to puzzle my brain over Mm. and yeah it's almost like she wasn't giving my brain enough stimulation so definitely a bit of um missing the the work but um definitely the um, adult conversation as well so being in lockdown away from Auckland but at one point Morensville was still on level two and Hamilton was on level 3.3 3 or something mm-hmm. so all of my friends in Hamilton I couldn't actually see yeah. so yeah it was quite big on um both the seeing like having the adult conversation especially mm-hmm. but yeah also the just the critical thinking
1: I mm-hmm. think yeah yeah, for sure. I can Yeah, definitely understand that. And how do you think that um, your sort of relationship changed in terms of adding a baby to the mix? And um, obviously it's such a huge, huge shift in your relationship. So I know you talked to um, needing to communicate when you were needing something, but do you think there's been other changes in your relationship too?
2: Yeah, I definitely see... Say- a change i think i see it in chris more than myself but i see Mm. he's really taken to the dad role and really matured in a matter of like it was a matter of days i think Mm. like he went from you know like because we were careless 23 i was just doing whatever we wanted (laughs) yeah and like and then obviously the girl or the female gets pregnant and you know, so the female bears the weight of changes mm-hmm. and we're already thinking about motherhood and stuff, so we change earlier than the boys, but mm-hmm. um Chris definitely matured very quickly and he is an amazing dad. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think he's taken on the role really, really well, which has helped me. Um I guess like no one should feel like this, but I trust him with Charlotte, you know, yeah. like yeah. I I can go away for two nights and leave them two here and he's so capable. Mm. So that that really helped, but your communication I think was the biggest challenge for us, especially because we were such a carefree couple, it's like mm. oh I'm going here, I'm going here and now it's not mm. think about yourself, it's think about everybody and if yeah. you want to do this, how is it affecting the other person and in mm. the child as well. Yeah. Um but that was yeah, that was a big But that is still a big part of our relationship, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah. Awesome. And is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to make sure we include in your story?
2: And when I was pregnant, I discovered a lump in my breast. Um, I think I was 30-something weeks. And I went to my midwife and I was like, hey, I think I've got a um, blocked milk duct. Like, what Mm -hmm. should I do? And she was like, oh, just go see your GP. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool went to my GP and he was like, oh, I'm going to refer you on for a scan. Mm. And then I just panicked and I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got a lump on my breast. Oh, no, I have breast cancer. Um, so, again, luckily my mother-in-law is a sonographer, so she fitted me in for a scan that day because I was crying. <laughs> um, she scanned it and it, it's a, it was a lump of breast tissue from mm. hormonal changes in my breast from being pregnant. Um, and I've actually only just last Monday I actually got it removed finally Mm. so a very unexpected part of my pregnancy and then obviously it affected my breastfeeding journey as well so it was six centimeters long so it was quite sizable um obviously I had a biopsy to check I had a biopsy when I was pregnant to just to check that it was okay and it came Mm. back benign but I had to go, yeah, the rest of my pregnancy and breastfeeding with this lump. But because it was a lump of breast tissue, mm-hmm. they wanted it to be removed from me sooner rather than later. So I had to make the decision to stop breastfeeding early, mm-hmm. um, which obviously having a hard time breastfeeding in the beginning and being mixed feeding I was a little bit gutted I was Mm. stoked that we got the time that we did but I was a little bit gutted that we only got six months but at the end of the day I needed this lump out and they needed me to have three months off breastfeeding before they could remove it just risk of Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um the milk ducts and yeah other stuff that can go wrong so yeah that was a really another spanner in the works, something Mm. I didn't expect, something I never knew about. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: yeah, and I just got it out last week on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, wow. And so have you recovered from that okay?
2: Yeah, no, I had a really good um, breast specialist who is an amazing um, operator. And, yeah, it's a great big dirty scar, but (laughs) it's out and (laughs) it's good. Um, Probably also hard as well. Like I wasn't able to pick up Charlotte for Mm. the first week or do basically do anything for her, which – because of the age that she's at, was hard on both her and I. Yeah. So that was that's another mental thing that I've struggled with in the past. Well, that was only the past two weeks, and yeah. being away from her as well for yeah. a night because we didn't get a lot a lot of time to do that when she was little. Yeah. Because of COVID lockdowns. So yeah, but that was yeah that's been with me for almost a year. I think to the yeah, day crazy. that I went
1: to my midwife. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard of of that
2: before no because they were like how long has it been here and I said oh I don't I really don't know like mm. I feel like it's just popped up and they were like surely not but mm. yeah I, I even asked Chris and I was like hey like <laughs> have you noticed <laughs> this noticed. lump of my boob? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like no like it came out of nowhere and I was like okay cool like I didn't have it before mm. I was pregnant and yeah it's not common but it's not unheard of so yeah. Yeah. I think yeah one thing for me was like making people aware of things that I've learned. Yeah. Um. So especially like that. So like yeah, you definitely sure. like overall check your boobs, but also for when someone. you're pregnant, like it doesn't, it don't just believe it's a blocked milk mm-hmm. duct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've loved talking to you today. And I know that there'll be lots of people out there who enjoy your story. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's an amazing podcast that you do. I love listening to every episode. So oh, Thank you.
1: It's perfect. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Have a great weekend.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands.